again. Dwayne Prummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, Allie. Nice to be with you, sir. Yeah, nice to be with you as well to start my week off on a, on a um, you know, Monday. Actually, it's kind of a little rainy here, but the weather's been warmer and uh, seasons are breaking, I think. So that's a cool thing. And, of course, we had the time change and all of that going on. So a lot going on. I had a, I had a full week of stuff. Um, you know, going on in my life. How about you? Everything was good. You said you went away for another competition with your family, and yeah, we had uh, another tournament this weekend, and, and they did well. They they came out first place in that tournament, and they finally beat the the team that they've been rivaling against this whole season. Um, they've never they've they've beat them in a uh, you know one one set before, but have never taken the whole game, and then they they finally did that this weekend. So. You know, um, I'm happy for, you know, my son and then obviously his team, just what that will do for their mindset uh, next time they have to play them, because they will play them again. Yeah. Well, we were just chatting about that, right? We were talking about, you know, th- you know this is interesting. Um, it-, it brings a few things to mind. I, there's a lot that I want to talk to you about today, and then maybe we'll, you know, we'll do a, a, a talk, a, a, you know, break it down into three segments, because there's so much topic, but uh, it's interesting. I, I had a busy weekend, but uh, I'll just uh, before getting into that, I had uh, a mom, and I have this this girl who's a twin. Uh, she's the only one out of the two that trains. Um, family is very well to do. You know, they they seem you know you know they have real estate and, and nice cars, and you know money is not an object. And the mom said to me, uh, "Oh, Francesca's looking to." Uh, I'm off. She needs a break. And I'm like, okay, well, what, give me the, the reasons why. And then the mom says, well, you know, she's got, I don't know if you know this, she has ADD. And I'm like, no, I, I knew this. And she's like, well, she's having a hard time in school and we, we need to focus more time to her studies. And I said, ma'am, honestly, um, you know, two hours a week if she came during the week or even if she just did only two classes a week, on one during the week and one on the weekend, two hours is going to change anything in her life According to homework, I said, but the martial arts will change her life according to homework. It'll help her with her self-confidence. And it's interesting that you brought up your son because I kind of used an analogy. I said, you know, sorry about that. I dropped the phone. Um, I said, uh, you know, uh, the analogy is simple. You know, you only gain confidence through trials and tribulations. You don't gain them by quitting or hopeful wishful thinking you know you have to go through these experiences in order to become confident so we need to teach that to her so that she she could learn it and then put it into her life her everyday life and that's what you were talking about about your son right you know how how they could finally see that they could beat this team it probably will change their entire game and not only just against them next time but against other teams that they perceive to be better than them as well right exactly right isn't that what it's all about it's all about um you know, and then that's how, you know, when somebody says to me, how does martial arts, you know, um, teach self-confidence? How does martial arts teach self-esteem and discipline and focus? And and it's all about the trials and tribulations. In fact, I don't know if I talked about this on our last call, but my one of my program managers said to me, you know, please explain to me, like, you know, what makes your school spiritual? What makes your school traditional, you know, compared to other schools. And that's kind of a hard topic to conceptualize, especially for someone who doesn't do it or doesn't understand. They think that spiritual lessons and traditions are taught in structured format. You know, like here's lesson number one, here's how you become more spiritual. Here's the Bible and here's the book and here's your meditations and here's your prayers. 
or whatever the case may be. But spirituality is, is kind of a little bit inherent skill, but at the same time it's also a developed skill over years of knowledge and lessons and struggles and trials and tribulations. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, everybody's spiritual journey is, is, is their own. I mean, uh, you know, the way that part of it obviously is, and I know this call isn't about uh, spirituality per se, but, you know, part of it is your upbringing and what have you, but it is your life experiences. And, and that's, I think, what we're talking about with regards to the martial arts is the experiences that you have through the martial arts that are going to hone those different type of skills for yourself. And it's not a one, two, three, one size fits all ABC, you know, type order. Everybody um, needs different things at different times and receives different things at different times. So, you know, you, the, the adage where when the student is ready, the master will appear or the teacher will appear. Um, right. And that's true. And that's true on, on different, in different concepts, on different levels, on, on different angles. Um, it's not a one size. It, it, well, I believe the one, the martial arts is a one size fits all, but it right. is not deliver. It's not delivered that way. It's delivered to the individual where they are at and what they need at that time. Right. Right. And you know what is what's interesting and what I'm hearing from what you're saying too is, and it's not like each lesson will be perceived and uh, taken the same way. So, so one specific lesson could actually you know affect five or six different people in the room um separately and differently so like for instance i don't know whatever the lessons of patience is it could certainly be you know what to one person it might go into their personal life another person it might go into their job another person it might go into school another person may have anger issues and it really all it depends on how uh, that person is perceiving it, and that's where that lesson, that great lesson, is when the teacher is ready. Um, you know, the student. I mean, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, um, because only from that perspective of when they're ready or when they see it, and from how they see it, right? So that's that's an interesting thing. So yeah, so that was you know for me, I, I like that the martial arts, and I had this meeting with the parent, and I sat with them, and and you know sat with her. And then I sat with the daughter after, and then I got a text message. Let's see if it really happens, but I got a text message from uh, on, on Instagram, an instant message from uh, the kid saying, oh, glad, my, I spoke with my mom. I'm glad we talked to you. We're not going to stop. We're going to keep on going. I really love the school. And, and that goes back to our call from last week, right, John, where, where we talked about educating our clients. We talked about how, you know, how it's important for people to understand that if our clients don't know what they don't know, like this mom, her assumption is, well, you know, she's losing interest or, or we need to, you know, focus on her homework. But she's not thinking, you know, I'm taking away her broccoli because she doesn't want to eat her spinach, right? You know, that kind of mentality where, you know, where you're taking away two good things when it's better to just have that one. And one works with the other. And, and she's going, she thought of the martial arts as something that was taking her kid away from her studies. When I explained it to her, it's going to help her focus on her studies therefore enhancing her schoolwork, right? So now the mom's yep. like, wow, that makes sense. And unless we educate our clientele on this mindset, it's kind of a waste, isn't it? We, we're really, we're, we're kind of out there, I don't know, we're, we're preaching uh, at the pulpit and, and but people are listening but not really understanding as if we are almost <laughs> a foreign language in a way. Yeah, and again, it's, it's not until they're ready to hear it or they need to hear it that they actually do hear it. And And I think, 
I mean, there are some things that you can do, and, and I believe you should do strategically in your business where you communicate what we talked about in our last call, you know, communicate those things um, to them. But we so easily forget things. Right. And so um, it has to be, you know, brought back up. It has to be reintroduced. It has to be, you know, talked about again over and over because we have a tendency as human beings to uh, forget the recent past and then uh, or even the faraway past. And and that's why sometimes we're destined to make the same mistakes more than once. And over so, again, right? <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting yeah. thing, right? Definition of insanity. Um, and it's funny, my daughter just hit me with that the other day. Um, I forget what I was doing, but I, it was something Internet related. And I kept hitting the button and she's going, Dad, it's not working. And I hit the button again and she goes, you, you always talk about the definition of insanity. And then I was just like, oh, my God. You know, that's when the, when the kid starts teaching her dad. And I was, like, reminded immediately of my – I'm always giving these speeches, yet I was creating the definition, definition of insanity, hitting that same button. Just because I kept hitting it, I'm figuring, like, hey, that's going to change. One day it's going to work my way. You know, meanwhile, she's like, it's not going to change anything. You know, so it's an interesting dynamic. Um, you know, it's also interesting, Dwayne, too. I found that, you know, you know, we talked last week, uh, and I used the term oblivious ignorance, you know, or, or uh, you, know, uh, you know, being oblivious, obliviously ignorant, not knowing what you don't know. And we talk about that term all the time. And then one of my friends shared with me, and they said, uh, you know, that the term, you know, visibly ignorant, where people know um, what, they, what they need to do. They know they have to stop eating a certain way. They know that smoking is bad for them. However, their brain is, um, is able to filter out the, the, the result so that they could feel comfortable every day doing what is wrong. And, and by the way, I... You, would, you, you know, as well as I, I always looking at the, you know, um, different poll numbers, and I saw a really funny article recently, and I forget what they called it, but they were saying that there was a study done. They made it out to be like a real study, uh, and it said that there's a, study, there's a study done at Yale or Harvard about people who are uh, getting more obliviously ignorant or just, you know, ignorant to the fact that they're able to cycle out the facts. I think it was factual ignorance, they called it where they're able to cycle through the facts and just choose the ones that fit their reality the best. And the ones, the real facts that don't fit their reality, they just discard them. And it was, a, it was comedy. The article was satire. Um, but it was interesting at how, uh, how true it really is, though. Yeah, it is. And, it, you know, to go back to the daily grind, if you will, of what, uh, you know, we as school owners, um, you know, have in our, in our everyday business – that's that's one of them is that communication to the parents and and I can't tell you how many times and I'm sure the listeners as well have had multiple conversations with multiple numbers of, of, of students and parents about either you know their child quitting or their child having a hard time or you know whatever it is and it sometimes you know for us it's it, you know we we got to be careful because we can see those conversations and uh, go, okay, I got I to gotta have another one of those conversations again and get right. tired of them. But it's, we have to understand that it's a brand new conversation with that individual. Um, it's exactly. not tiresome for them. It's brand new. It's just like when you get the, the next new set of white belts in and you're teaching, you know, that front kick over again. You're like, man, I've been teaching this front kick for years. Oh, right. it's so boring. Um, but, you have to tap into the excitement that 
your students have uh, by learning that. And the same thing with the parents is you have to tap into that excitement. You know, I just had a um, a meeting with um, a stepdad and the real dad last week on Thursday, and their child has been showing and exhibiting some uh, I, I, I would call it more like stress and so right. the, 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 their behaviors. They've been um, more defiant than usual. They have um, been more emotional than usual. And this is from a, within the last, I would say, year, year and a half, a divorced family who now is remarried. And, and although I thought that was pretty quick anyways, but anyhow, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the whole dynamics, I said, you know, I know that you guys, at least from what I see on the outside, you guys are both doing great things. Um, you're, you know, you're making all the kids, because this other family has, you know, the, the mom and the, the original mom and dad split up. Now the mom's married to another guy who has a couple of kids, and the original dad is living with somebody. I don't think he's married. I don't, right. I, well, I shouldn't even say, because I don't even know for sure what his situation is. But either way, there are more kids in the mix. And I just said, you know, um, you know, maybe he's not really being defiant. Maybe he's just trying to find a way to let you know that he's got, you know, these emotions and these anger, whatever's going on in him, and he really can't describe it. They go, you know, funny you say that is because we'll ask him, you know, why are you so angry? And he goes, I don't know. I'm just angry. And right. I said, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to sit down and talk to him and help him. I said, but I don't know that I'm equipped to do that. And I think, right. he, you know, maybe he would, um, you know, tell me the truth with saying, yes, I am angry, but I don't know why. But, you know, I had to tell the parent that, you know, I, I'm, I'm not equipped for that. I, I mean, I'd, great if I was. Of course, I, w- I would charge you for this session, but um, you know, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not equipped for that. And I gave them some options, some ideas, you know, with that. So, um, but that's one thing that we have to do because people come to us. And it's funny, isn't it? They come to us for those, those type of things. And then I, I've, I've been able to help on some things. It just seemed like this one was not one of them. Does right. that make sense? Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's so funny how, how our lives are parallel because I had a, overheard a conversation with a mom who was talking to my program manager, and I just, you know, of course I, I heard her answers, program manager's answers, and I had to chime in because I just wanted to give a little bit more insight and uh, they were talking about, you know, how she's like, oh, yeah, well, when my son doesn't get ready on time, I just tell her that Renchi is going to be mad at her, him, and he better, you know, not let Renchi be mad. And I said, I said, ma'am, I have to interrupt you and tell you that I'm sorry to say this, but that's probably not the best thing to do. I said, using us as a threat only makes them regret coming to us. I said, uh, if you want us to have a chat with him, we'll be more than happy to do a mat chat secretly where the kid doesn't know it's him um, doing anything wrong, or, and he may have an aha moment and say, oh, maybe this was about me, or maybe I should act better in front of my, you know, at home, and so on. But the parents don't know any better. They really don't. They, they think like they're, you know, they're doing it the way it should be done. And then once I explain it to her, I also talk to her about the issues. Now, by the way, let me, let me pre- preface this by saying that this child she was talking about is two and a half years old. So she's talking to him in concepts, and I said to her, she's going, you know, buddy, you can't, you can't not go to class. Mommy's paying for this. You do know this is a commitment that we sign you up for. And I said to her, ma'am, I said, how many 45 and 40-year-olds do you know in your life that don't even understand the, the, what a commitment is? Even though conceptually they do, they can't, they can't commit to anything in their lives, let alone you're asking a two-and-a-half-year-old to understand 
the concept of commitment. So she's like, oh, my God, I never thought of it that way. I, I got to, you know, I got to reset that. And, but, but this is what happens with these people. So, you know, when we're trying to educate them, and, you know, that's what we talk about teaching them, these different things, we have to educate them because they're coming to us, not just as karate people, because, you know, to everybody, the, the separation of karate or martial arts compared to gymnastics or soccer is quite vast in most people's minds. That's why they look at martial arts like, oh, my God, this is a commitment. Because they look at that as a lifelong journey, or at least a few years of their lives' journey. So we have to be really careful at how how we do not educate. Because if we don't educate enough, I bet you now that I had that conversation with this mom, she might be like, "Wow, you know what? That made so much sense. I'm going to keep my kids in, and I'm going to push them forward." And I recommended this book, and I think I've recommended this before. It's called Yardsticks by Chip Something or Other, and it's all about age developmental learning and how they are able to understand things at the age of four or three and four, how they hear it, how they, how they process it, how they're able to do things physically. Um, it's an interesting dynamic. But anyway, it goes about our education. So I think that that's, you know, we, you know, that's something that we do on a regular basis. Yeah, and I, it, we just have to understand that we don't uh, – also, we don't know it all, and so we, right. we have to be careful on the advice that we give as well. I'm not saying right. I'm not saying that because I thought the advice you gave was bad. I, I'm no. not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that we we have to know where our strengths are and use them, and then what we when we don't have strengths. That's why I said to that parent, you know, I don't think this is a a behavioral issue, you know, per se. I think it's something more, something underlying that you know he needs some some sort of professional help because they know how to ask the right questions and see the right things. So, right, and you know what, but you, it, you know, each, each instructor too has different levels of world and life experience, right? So, you know, a young teacher who may only have been doing this for five years, you know, talk to him now and then talk to him in 15 years and see how much he's learned through the school of hard knocks and how much more knowledgeable, hopefully, and I'm holding up both fingers, that that person has become. Because I do have friends that, no joke, I talk to them, it's been 20 years, and when I talk to them, you know, I haven't talked to them in a year or two, it's almost literally like they're caught in a time warp. The same complaints, the same excuses, the same problems in their life, you know, the same issues with relationships, and they have not moved. They haven't changed. They haven't grown in any way, shape, or form. So I think that that's a pretty interesting dynamic. Well, and I'll tell you, with the again, with the daily grind of our schools, there are some things that we can script out, meaning that uh, there are some things that will happen and they'll happen over and over and over again. And when we see those, those are the those those specifically are the ones that we probably can come up with some sort of of, of way to strategically take care of those before they ever become problems in our schools. But you can't script out some of the things that we spoke about, you know, with regards to you know you talking to that two and a half year old um, or that two and a half year old's parent. You were there when she needed you. Um, you know, this, uh, these, uh, these, these two dads that I talked to, you know, the stepdad and the real dad, uh, that couldn't have been scripted out. That was something that, you know, they had a problem and we sat down and, and, and we talked about it. And, you know, of course, we gave them what I felt was the best solution uh, for them. But other things can be scripted out. So, you know, in, 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 and, I, and I, again, I go back to the words daily grind because, um, that's what it is sometimes. But I had another parent come to me one time because her kid was on the bus and um, I guess was being bullied. 
And then when he got off the bus, the, the kid, you know, stepped off the bus that was bullying him, and he, he, he popped him. And right. now the, mo- the mom is like, oh, my gosh, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, my kid is now a bad kid, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I sat down with her, and, and basically I had to tell her that, and I did it in such a way I used the word we because I threw myself in there. But, you know, I said, um, you know, we've done your son a disservice. And she's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, earlier in our conversation, you told me that, you know, lately he's been acting out and, uh, you know, uh, you didn't know why he's been acting out and a little angry and stuff like that. I said, I'm, I'm assuming that it's because of this bully. And I said, right. you know, now that this bullying issue is over, I said, because you heard nothing about this bullying until, you know, your son decided to jack him in the face. Right. And, uh, and she's like, no, I didn't. And, and now, but you've gone back and talked to him and you said, this has been a few weeks. And I said, how long has it been since he's been acting out? And she says, probably a couple of weeks. And I said, yeah. I said, I, I believe that they're probably closely related. If not, that's the key. You know, he didn't know yeah. how he was going to get his frustrations out. So he, he was going to go ahead and just get them out at home on right. the people that love him. And he knows that you're not going to bully him, you know, so he can, he can get that out at home. I said, I bet you, you'll probably see that. Uh, subside. I said, but we've done him a disservice because, you know, at the beginning of school year, you didn't tell him how you wanted him to handle bullying situations. You just assumed that if your child was going to be bullied, that he was going to know how to do that. And right. I said, I feel partly responsible for that. I said, because every year at the beginning of the school year, we do a bully, a bully seminar, you know. Right. And I didn't, I didn't say this, but um, I would venture to say she's either one of the individuals that just dropped the kid off and didn't stay and watch any of them or right. two, um, you know, was there, but really wasn't listening. And three, didn't take any of the information that I gave because I give a lot of information at those seminars so that they can actually come up with an action plan, a written right. action plan for, for their, their child that they should go over every year with them. And um, as the child gets older, you can introduce more things into it, such as, you know, Right now at the age seven, uh, the social media portion is not really that big a deal to, to him. But as he gets older, you know, that needs to be part of your bully talk before they go to school for the first day. So anyway, right. uh, you know, fast forward now, this has been a couple of months ago or maybe a month and a half ago. And, and she wrote me a thank you note. And she did say that, you know, everything is perfect. My son is back to where he was before. Um, you know, and I even kind of scolded her that she punished him for, you know, hitting the kid. Right. You know, I said, he felt threatened. The kid stepped off the bus. He didn't know if the kid was going to come at him, so he jacked him, you know. And, yeah. I, and I, always, I always tell the kids, you know, look, um, I'd rather you throw the first punch if you feel attacked than you have to be the ones that are, are you know, responding rather than uh, – uh, or, right. or reacting rather than responding. So – and, and right. I didn't draw out everything that I've said, so I don't want the listeners to think that I'm teaching, my, you know, my students to just – throw the per- first punch. There are other things along with that. But these are the, these are the daily things, the weekly things, the monthly things that we as school owners um, get, to, get to do. And it's funny because if you stop me, think about it, that wasn't, none of those things were the reasons that we got into martial arts with regards to teaching. You know, we didn't believe that we were going to need a, uh, at least a minor in psychology or counseling or, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you right. know, Oh yeah, without so. it, and 
I find it so interesting too. It's like, and I continuously say this, like I, you know, I, if I knew what I was signing on for, you know, I would have gotten a degree in psychology, a, a degree in accounting, a degree in advertising, a degree in employee relations. I mean, I would have went to school because it's interesting. I mean, I just had an issue and, and, you know, maybe we should, you know, kind of wrap this call up, but then, and then maybe add on to it because we're basically, we're telling the people like, listen, you know, I, you know, we'll, we'll do another call on this topic, but it's all about what we do on a daily basis. And, you know, it's not always rosy and, and, and fun and perfect. And um, I want school owners to kind of know that these are the things that they're going to go through. There are going to be things that are going to happen, and they're going to have to deal with it. And that's part of this. I, you know, but maybe we could, uh, you know, take that up on the next call and, you know, continue our conversation. What do you think, Dwayne? I think that's perfect. So if you, uh, um, you know, want to subscribe, so that you just get this brought straight to your um, devices. You can subscribe on iTunes. Um, also, if you have an Android device, feel free to do that as well. You can get all that information at schoolownertalk.com and uh, share this call about uh, the daily grind with uh, with the other school owners as well, so they know that they're not in the trenches, you know, in the trenches alone. So, Allie, we'll we'll pick it up on the next call. Everybody, have a great day, and we'll we'll talk to you then. Awesome. Take care, guys. <laughs>